worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, He parted the raging sea, my God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung up on that cross And He rose up from that grave My God still rolling stones away There's joy in the house of the Lord There's joy in the house of the Lord today And we won't be quiet We shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord My God is surely in this place And we won't be quiet we shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the Can you feel it? It's 
the rhythm of a gospel song. Once you choose it, you can't lose it. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. With the valleys that I wander, turn to mountains that I can't find. You are with me, never leave me. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Clap your hands and stomp your feet till you find that gospel because he's all you'll ever need, all you'll ever need. Clap your hands and stomp your feet till you find that gospel because he's all you'll ever need, all you'll ever need. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Trouble any 
I do want to talk about Christian friendship today, uh, kind of as a, a prelude to our day next week. Um, traditionally speaking, I guess you could call it Homecoming Sunday, but we realized years ago that it not only needs to be a time when we reach to friends from the past, it needs to be a time when we make new friends for the future. And there are a number of people over the years who have come to First Church because uh, of your invitation to be at Friend Day. Um, Something happens when they're here and they just feel God's call on their lives and become a part of our church family. And we understand that not everybody who comes on Friend Day, that that's going to be the decision that is appropriate for them or that they make for themselves. And that's okay because friendship happens uh, not only in a moment, but sometimes for a season and for a lifetime. And we try to embrace all of that. Uh, we try to not have a, a consumer uh, mentality toward church to where we're just trying to get people and hang on to people forever. That, that's in God's hands. The Bible says God places the members in the body as it pleases him. And so sometimes that is a seasonal thing, and other times it is a lifetime thing. And we trust him with um, what is appropriate for uh, given individuals and their families. But we look forward to a great day of friendship and trust that God will, will make it so. In Proverbs 17, 17, there's this nugget. A friend loves at all times. If you're glad for that, say amen. amen. I mean, it's just good to have people in your life who love you when maybe <laughs> there's a moment when you don't deserve that, you know. It's good that people love us just because we are who we are and it's not because of what we do for them or for others. And we need those kinds of friendships. But then it also says not only a friend loves at all times, it says, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And it's not just talking about biological brother here. It's talking about that close friend, that close comrade, that fellow brother or sister in Christ who has come alongside of us in life. And they are there at a level that goes beyond what maybe some other friends are there uh, for us um, in life. And, and when you look at Jesus, it held true in his friendships because he called 12 to be with him and they just spent life with him as they went from place to place and ministered in different situations in, in different locations. But then there were the three who were particularly close, James, John, and Peter. And then John was called the Beloved. And so there was, a, there was a link between Jesus and John that even went beyond the others. And that's true in our lives. We have people who are friends, and we're thankful for all of our friends. But then we have those, and, and um, I'm, I'm going to impress you a little bit with my um, Facebook lingo. We have those who are BFFs. <laughs> now, am I speaking Greek to some of you? Does everybody know BFF? Best friend forever. We've got those people in our lives that connect at a different level. And we've all got those, right? You can, you can talk to them about things that sometimes you can't talk with the larger circle of friends in, in your life. And, and that's, y'all, that's life. I mean, that's just the way it is. And we're not meant to be, we're not wired to be best friends with the whole world. 
But we are wired to be in close association with a few and to be in association with a larger number of people and we like to call those friendships that God has blessed us with. Now I want to talk about some characteristics and first I want to start with the uniqueness of Christian friendship. There are friendships outside of Christianity. Uh, there are people who are friends who have never darkened the door of a church or have ever sat in a sanctuary like this to be engaged in, in worship, but they have friends. And, and friendship is just generally a part of, of life, a part of being in society. But when you start talking about Christian friendships, uh, it, it takes on a, a new uh, hue of meaning, if you will, because Christian friendships have these ingredients incorporated that are not always present in worldly friendships, okay? What I'm talking about is when we are in Christ, there is a level of honesty that comes to bear in our lives. Would you agree with that? I'm a more honest person since I am in fellowship with Christ than I was as a teenager outside of fellowship with Christ. As a matter of fact, outside of Christ, there is a tendency to want to manipulate circumstances to your favor. And so if telling a, a lie helps to serve that purpose, then, then honesty falls by the wayside. But in Christ, we understand that honesty is crucial for relationships to go to the depth that they were uh, created to... to to be realized. In other words, God wants us to have an honesty in our, in our friendships that take our friendships to a deeper level. And in Christ, that's possible, that's real. And I'm thankful for that. But there's also a humility because we understand as Christians that we don't know everything. As a matter of fact, we learn that the longer we walk with Christ, the more we don't understand. We thought when we were younger we had answers and then as we grow and we consider all of the, the myriad of truth that is available, we understand, wow, I, I don't know as much as I thought I did when I was a younger person. And, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It brings us to a humility where we understand, God, I am dependent upon what you are wanting to make known in my life. And God does bring his revelation to bear in our lives. What I mean is he reveals himself and he reveals his truth in our experience that not only helps us to grow, but helps us to, lead, to come to a place of genuine humility that serves us and our friendships well. But then there's another factor that comes into being. In the Lord's Prayer, we have learned to pray this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's a heavenly mindedness that is associated with Christian friendship that again takes friendship to a whole new plane of experience, if you will. Because here's the thing. If you want what God wants and I want what God wants, there comes a unity to our association that transcends anything this world has to offer. When I talk with couples who are uh, asking me to officiate their wedding, um, in that discussion, when we, when we share together, I, I draw three circles that all intersect each other. And there are places where those circles intersect one other circle, and there are places where that circle stands all to itself, and then there's that central place that I call the Holy of Holies, where the three circles intersect. And I believe that represents what happens when we bring God to our relationships, that there is that 
inner core of that friendship that includes God. Solomon talked about it this way. He said, two get a better return for their work than one, and two can help each other. If one falls, the other can help them to their feet, and a strand of three cords is not easily broken. Now, commentators debate what he's talking about, but I, I believe that part of what he's talking about is when you invite God into a relationship, be it a marriage or a friendship, there is a strength, there is an honesty, there is a uh, purpose associated with that, with that friendship that goes beyond fishing or shopping or golfing or watching a football game. Um, I mean, there's, there's something that happens when we come together in Christ that makes our friendship so much sweeter, so much better than it would be otherwise. Because we come together asking, Lord, what do you want to have happen in our relationship with one another? What is this about? What would you show us? Where would you take us? How would you use us? Not only in each other's lives, but how would you use us together uh, in impacting the lives of those around us. So Christian friendship is incredible. The best friend you will ever have in your lifetime and in eternity is Jesus Christ. No one has ever loved us like Jesus loves us. Nobody knows us like Jesus knows us. We don't even know ourselves like Jesus knows us. And so it's incredible to know that he knows me inside and out. He was party in my creation. And, and yet, knowing all that there is to know about me, my flaws and everything, he loves me with an unconditional, undying love that transcends anything that we could know in this lifetime. So Jesus is the best friend that any of us could have. The next best friend we could ever have in our lives are those who care about us and pray for us that God would have his hand on our lives. I mean, it's incredible to have a praying friend in our circle. Someone who, who cares about not only what they see in us, but what they cannot possibly understand about us. And when they lay us before the Father, they are doing us a great, great service. <clears throat> Somebody, the preacher needs a bottle of water. And there's some water in the kitchen. There he goes. There, two, just one bottle. Just one bottle. Thank you. Thank you all. You're so kind. A friend who thinks about our spiritual well-being before we think about our own spiritual well-being is a person to be um, held in high esteem. And the truth is, we don't really come to understand that until after the fact, right? It's not until we're walking with the Lord that we understand what a grand thing that person did when they would not give up on bringing us into the light of Christ. What a tremendous thing. Um, trust me, when you invite someone to friend day for next week, when you bring someone here, when you meet them here, you are opening up an awesome possibility for them. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Give me a second, will you? <clears throat> I like it when the... 
I like it when the lid clicks when I'm taking it off. Then I know they didn't put something in it. <laughs> Whew. Do you know you invite or bring somebody to friend day or just church in general? We don't, y'all, this is not just for friend day, right? This is year round. Every Sunday is an opportunity to bring someone to this place of worship and to bathe this place in prayer so that it goes beyond those of us who are servants um, in, in a given service. It's got to be bigger than us. It's got to be the living presence of Jesus being resurrected in the experience of people for anything to happen that is, that is worthwhile. Well, that is most worthwhile. There are worthwhile things that happen along the way to that. But, but my point is, you invite someone and they come in and they see Jesus and they trust Jesus. Or, or maybe they just come for the moment and we don't see them again for some time. But I'm telling you, there are divine things that happen when we are those friends who take a spiritual interest in, in others who are just looking at this as a social engagement. Do you follow me? When I went to church the first time, I've shared it many times, but here I go again. It was social. I was a teenager. There was a big youth group. Over half of the youth group were girls, and over half of those girls were pretty. <laughs> I hope they're not watching. And it's, it, it sparked an interest in, in me as a teenager. And um, my friend invited me with spiritual purpose. I responded with social purpose. But God reached into my life beyond the social and brought me to himself. And he used that youth group as, as an entry point. But it was only an entry point. I had no idea what was coming. I had no idea that months later I would get saved. I had no idea that two years later I would answer the call to ministry. I had no idea that I would end up at Warner Southern College, that I would end up in Columbia, South Carolina, that I would end up at Sumter, South Carolina, that I would stand before people and preach the word of God. Week I had no idea. That wasn't me. But God knew. And God gave some teenagers an interest in me that even went beyond anything that they could know. God, give us a spiritual interest in the people around us. And give us the courage and boldness to invite them into the presence of Jesus. And that might be by way of us telling them our story of faith. It might be by way of bringing them with us to church or taking them to a church social gathering or praying for them. But Lord, help us to be Christian friends who love at all times and help us to enter into a familial, spiritual familial relationship with people that would cause us to consider them as brother or sister. That we could be someone for another person, a someone that they can count on no matter what. Christian friendship. One of the things that's so very important about friendship is there's a consistency in relationship that becomes a part of that. 
Some people you just are acquainted with, some people you just kind of brush shoulders with, but there are those people in your life that you have a consistent association with regardless of, of the external circumstances, regardless of where you are or what you're doing. There's just that connection with them, and you, you can't really put your finger, what is this? You can't put your finger on it. You connect with this person, but you don't connect with somebody else that they're connected to. And we can't, we can't possibly figure all of that out, but thank God for those friendship connections where there is a consistency that allows us to be associated with one another over time regardless of what's going on. We've all got those friends. You know what I'm talking about? Someone you hadn't seen for 10 years. You get together with them and you pick up right where you left off. I mean right where you left off. Um, when we went to Ohio a couple of weeks ago and we were with Matt and Lori and their kids, um, we tell the same old stories and laugh like we've never heard them before, you know? Uh, and, and their kids are hearing some of them for the first time. And it, it's been fun, in, for example, in that relationship, Matt and Lori's kids are grown, our kids are grown, and when we have the opportunity to be together, it's neat to watch our grown children react to and interact with uh, our friendship with one another. It, it, it's just a neat thing. It ends up that Tyler Rowe, Tyler Rowe, if you haven't seen Tyler Rowe um, in recent days, he's a full-grown man, y'all. He, um, I guarantee, and I, when I say full-grown, I'm talking about he's, he's like the football prototype, okay? Have you, ever, have you ever gone to a college or professional football game and you're thinking these guys are all just, you know, you see them on the field and their size is relative to those they're around and so they don't really look that different and then you come alongside them and you're like, what? Tyler's one of those. I look up to him. And as we interacted together a, a couple of weeks ago as we were all together, um, I found out that Tyler... He loves Ohio State Buckeyes like his daddy, but he has an affection for the Gamecocks. And he watches them as much or more than he watches Ohio State. And so the week that we're up there, Carolina had a good week, and they, they became the 25th team in the college rankings. Y'all, Tyler was beside himself. I mean, he, the boy was excited. And as we were parting company, you know, we embraced one another, and I kind of whispered in his ear, you know. I said, Tyler, come to Columbia, and we'll go over to the college, and we'll go find something to eat while we're over there. Uh, but just a, a, a consistent, a consistency in our relationship because of the bonding that God allowed us to experience in our times together. That's, man, that's, treasure that, will you? It, it is a blessing to have friends. Amen? It is a blessing to have people who are consistent in their love and their concern and their input into our lives. But then also, a friend is one who is compassionate. Um, they love us in our inconsistent moments. Are you with me? When things aren't going well, there's a, there's a heartfelt concern for uh, the plight of, of our lives when someone is our friend. Thank, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that there are people who really, from a heart level, care about what's going on in our lives. 
it motivates their involvement with us. It defines their involvement with us. It motivates their prayers in our behalf. And I'm t as I talk about all this, do you see that this is the hand of God? Do you see that this didn't just evolve or happen, but it's something that God has created within the fiber of who we are as people who are created in his image? Nobody cares about us like God cares about us, but our care for one another is a reflection of the care that has been poured out from his being to ours. And in camaraderie, I mentioned it earlier, that spirit of unity, that oneness that brings us and keeps us together even when we see things differently at times. Man, I, you know, I, nobody's going to agree all the time on everything, right? There are... There are many different opinions about many different subjects right here in this room right now. And we're just, we're just a handful of people, so to speak. But we bring our uniquenesses to our times of gathering. We're, we're different people, you know? Um, football Saturday yesterday highlights that, doesn't it? Um, tune into any given game and you have a different position than maybe everybody else in the room as you're watching the same game. You, you're seeing it differently. You're maybe even pulling for, a po you know, for the opponent uh, of, of your friend. But you're, there's a oneness. Because the oneness that keeps us together is bigger than football games. It's, it's bigger than political um, ideas. It's bigger, hey, go vote this week. But it's bigger than our vote. The, the oneness that is represented in us is that we all come together around Jesus. Yeah, do that. I love Jesus, you love Jesus. More importantly, we all understand Jesus loves us. And there's a oneness that is associated with that that transcends everything else. Friendship makes us all better as individuals. When we really connect with people, it just makes us better. And even if you have a different idea on any given subject than I have on that same subject, your idea, though it may be a different perspective of the same something or truth, what you see and what you believe makes me better in what I hold to as my viewpoint or my belief. When we when we cease to value the diversity that is represented among us, we become a boring lot of people. 
Because following Jesus does not mean that we all see everything exactly the same. It's just we see him in the midst of everything else. And that is our oneness. We see him. Regardless of the angle from which we see him. It's so important that we understand that. As Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked out over the crowd and he looked toward heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If they really knew who was hanging here on this tree, they would have seen to it that, that I never would have been hung up on this tree. But this was God's plan. His death was our redemption, has become our redemption. This, this, was, this is what God planned. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They have no, no way of understanding the grandness, the glory of this moment. There's a spirit represented in that prayer that if a little bit of that could find its way to our lives, it would make all of our lives so much better. That mercy, that grace, that allows for someone to be who they are while they are connected to us without any agenda of making them like us. You know, you know what really is a... A, well, it's a, it's a death blow to any friendship or marriage. When we enter into a relationship with someone with the idea, with the agenda, I'm going to make them more like me, that relationship is already on its way to death. Because... God never intended for us to all be alike, or we would be. Another thing happened when Jesus was on that cross. He looked to his mother, who was his biological mother, and he looked to John, the disciple, not his biological brother. Okay, get, get this. And he says to his mother, woman, behold your son. It was not her biological son. But he was bringing them to that kind of family connection. And he said to John, behold your mother. And what he was doing in that moment is he was taking the two people that he loved the most on this earth and he was giving them to each other. Y'all take care of each other. I'm going to be away for a little while. John, watch out. For mom, mom, watch out for John. And when he did that, he took us to a new realm of possibility when it comes to having family. We have our biological families, but the truth is we bring people into the family circle um, over and over again. We'll just kind of bring someone in and make them like family. And that's what Jesus did. 
there's a Thanksgiving tree out in the hallway, and there are leaves there on the table and Sharpies, and we're being invited to write down what we're thankful for, and then Felissa Edge is going to come along and tape all of our leaves to the Thanksgiving tree. Would you participate in that? I took a leaf this morning, and I wrote, My family, my church. And when I wrote that, I was thinking in these terms. My biological family is my family, but guess what? My brothers and my sisters in Christ are my family. I thank God for you and for who you are as my friends as we journey together in this life. We need each other. Oh, we need Jesus. That goes without saying almost, but we need each other. We do. We need each other. We're better together than we are apart. Amen. I mean, so God help us to find ways to be more together. And physical presence is a part of that. Being here together in this room is a very valuable moment in our lives. And sometimes more than we understand, that, that handshake or that hug that you experienced on the way in, to this room this morning. That's a glorious thing. When I come in for Bible study on Wednesday mornings and the, and the group, they're fellowshipping together and they're talking and, and usually I'll let it, I'll let it go for, for a little. It's glorious. It's a glorious sound. But when, it's, when it gets to 10 after, I say, man, I'm glad y'all are here. And it quiets down and we open the book and we proceed forward. But that fellowship, is important because it is as we are pouring ourselves into one another that we are opening ourselves more to the presence of God. And so all of that is a glorious thing. We need each other. And as I was thinking about that, and I'm going to wrap up now, I thought about a poem that we read in high school. And I, I don't know about you, but in high school, I didn't appreciate the stuff we were studying as much back then as I do now. Anybody say amen to that? Okay, y'all, I didn't hear anything from y'all. Um, but truly, I mean, some of it just tr went by me, you know. But there's a guy by the name of John Dunn, and he spells his name D-O-N-N-E. You remember that guy? Well, he wrote a poem that is entitled, No Man is an Island. And I've, I've used that phrase many times in 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 my ministry years that no man, no, nobody is an island unto themselves. We need each other. And we've got to be honest and humble and heavenly minded for that to go to the, to the places that will make us all better people. But listen to what Dunn said. Now some of it is going to be archaic in, in its style. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I had to go back and look up a couple of words and I'm not going to, you, you look them up. If you hear one, you say, what? Google it. you got your computer right there with you. Just Google it and, and, and see what it means. But listen to this, and some of you, this will ring a bell for you because you'll remember uh, having looked at this and maybe uh, dissected it in high school English. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. 
any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Now listen, this, I know you've got to recognize these lines. And therefore, never sin to know for whom the bells toll, it tolls for thee. Man, John Donne was on it. And, and, and what, he, what he wanted the reader to understand is that we need each other. And if, if one is taken from our midst, a part of us went with them. Oh, amen, amen. I've watched through the years in our church family and particularly in our Wednesday morning Bible study. Our Wednesday morning Bible study started some years ago now because a couple of our elderly members, one of them Gloria Ford and the, another one Annette Kennedy, came to me and said, Brother Ron, we want to be in Bible study on Wednesday, but we just can't come out at night. Do you think it's possible we could have a Wednesday morning study? I said, yeah, let's do it. I said, we'll try it if people come and, and y'all want to continue, we'll continue. We've been doing it ever since. And I've watched a number, and some of you who've been in there all that time, we've watched a number of people come through that class and now they're in heaven. And the class is, is a, a, a tremendous moment of fellowship and study, and it has a, it has a, a personality all its own. I, I don't know, it just... You know, Wednesday night has its personality, Wednesday morning has its personality, and both are awesome, and both are special, but they're different. They're just different. And I can go in with the same lesson, and it comes across one way in the morning and another way in the evening, and, and I just leave that in the hands of God. Um, but it's just, it, they are what they are. But the class is ever different. The church is ever different because of those who have been a part of us who are no longer with us. No man, no woman is an island to themselves. We're all a part of each other. And y'all, the more we get that, the more we'll want to be together. Because I'm better when I'm with you. We are better when we are with one another. And I'm not just talking about physical. That's part of it. Forsake not gathering together as some are in the habit. Hebrews 10.25 says, we need this time of being together, but not only physically, being together spiritually. Oh, how I love Jesus. There's no other name like his name. There's no other fellowship like his fellowship and being a part of that fellowship. And so when you hear the bells toll, don't ask, for whom are those bells ringing? Who has left us? John Dunn says, those bells toll for you and for me. Because the friendship that God has called us to is so sacred and so powerful that when you take one away, you take a part of each of us away. The more I get that, the more I treasure being with my friends, and you are my friends. Help us to learn to be in these moments that we have together. 
Help us to not be distracted by what has been or what will be. Help us to be grateful for what is in moments like these. I, I'm going to tell you, it, 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 and I really am wrapping up. See, I'm, I'm putting it away. They asked the old preacher, he took his watch off and laid it on the pulpit and young fella came up to him and said, Preacher, I notice every Sunday you take your watch off and lay it on the pulpit. What does that mean? He said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I hope some, some more of y'all got that. That was funny. <laughs> um, I have been particularly moved in, in recent services about our friendship because we'll be singing the, what I call the, the closing song or the going out song, and it's, you know, it's loud. And somebody comes up and wants to be anointed, and I come over here and I get this bottle of oil from Jerusalem. And I just come over here and, and hold it up and go like this, and almost everybody makes their way up here. Do you understand how powerful that is? Do you understand how that speaks to our friendship? It's not just a ritual. If any are sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he has any sins, his sins will be forgiven. And to know that this whole church cares about what's happening in an individual's life, there is a testimony to what I'm preaching about this morning. Friendship. Friendship. Hey, man, I'll get up out of my seat and go up front for you. I'll, I'll lay my hand on the shoulder of the person in front of me, and the music's loud, and I can't even hear what they're saying or what they're praying, but I saw you go up, and I care about you. And right now, I'm connecting with the faith that's being exercised in your behalf. Y'all, that's friendship. And I'm telling you, the people you're inviting to Friend Day will benefit from that friendship just like we do. So, thank God for friends, amen? And I don't mean the TV show. Thank God for people who make me more completely who I am and who make you more completely who you are. Lord, thank you for this time. We're going to sing a song, and we're going to make our way on with our day. But oh, how good it has been to be in the house of the Lord, as Tony said earlier. Lord, we thank you for times like these, and we thank you for friends, people who honestly would lay down their lives for us. They really would. Um, there are people that all of us would lay our lives down for. Thank you for that. We don't take it for granted. It makes life sweeter, and it makes all of us better. Honest, humble, heavenly-minded associations. How glorious. Give me grace to see beyond this moment here. To believe that there is nothing left to fear And 
Great. 